Cynics on Disney Podcast contains adult language. Listener discretion is advised. This is the Cynics on Disney Podcast, presented by Nightclub33.com. Welcome into this week's episode of the Cynics on Disney Podcast. I am your host, Bobby, a.k.a. the Disney Cynic. And I'm Amanda, a.k.a. the Anti-Cynic. And today we are going to discuss possibly the... I don't want to say it's the largest attraction at Epcot, but I guess it kind of is. It is. Yeah. Well. It depends on how, on your perspective. It depends on how you're looking at it. Right. Right. So um, today we are going to discuss, well, you know what? It's going to be first and foremost, when you walk in the gates uh, of Epcot, (laughs) uh, that of course we are talking about. The giant, the giant golf ball ride. Otherwise known as Spaceship Earth. No, I'm going with golf ball ride. <laughs> of course you are. Uh, yes, of course, it's better known as Spaceship Earth. I'm so. Um, Amanda, I yes. suppose you have some history on uh, Spaceship Earth? A little there's a little just a tidbit huh? just a tidbit all right go into it all right so this is an epcot opening day attraction meaning that it opened when the park did october 1st 1982 meaning that well, this ride... i would hope so because it's literally the first thing that you see when you walk in the damn the... I, I agree anyway continue. i agree but that means this ride turns 40 years old this year as does epcot so yay um, wait, wait, hold up. <laughs> this may have been a mistake giving you a soundboard. Maybe. <laughs> anyway, um, this was designed um, of, you know, Disney Imagineers, but they had help from a pretty famous science fiction author by the name of Ray Bradbury. Um, one of my favorite authors, that's for sure. He actually also helped write the original storyline for the attraction. And well. he helped uh, uh, with some input on Star Trek The Motion Picture. Well, there you go. Yeah. Just full circle for us. Yeah. <laughs> um, the so. term Spaceship Earth, um, as well as the geodesic dome design that Spaceship Earth is, was popularized by a man named Buckminster Fuller. That can't be real. It, oh, it's real. <laughs> his name is Robert. His name is Robert Buckminster Fuller, but that was also his dad's name. So, so he didn't just yeah. go by Buck. I'm calling him Buck. I think he did go by Bucky. That's even better. <laughs> Um, he was an architect, a systems theorist, an author, a designer, an inventor, a futurist. Also, world president of Mensa International in the, oh, the 70s smart and club. 80s. Here's yeah. my thing about Mensa. Um, if you really are smart, okay, and believe me, they only invite the smartest people. Do you really, really, do smart people really pay money to be part of a club? Oh. I'm just saying, you don't really get anything out of it. True. Except to say that you're in Mensa. Yeah. So so, so what, why would you pay money to say that you're smart when you're just smart? I, I don't know. That's, that's, it's a whole nother rant. We'll, we'll <laughs> save it for a different show. <laughs> a different a different discussion. Like a whole different show. Like not it's the, the Cynics of Disney, not a later episode of this show. No, I mean, when we branch off into podcast empires, <laughs> and, and I have it just to show that that's just basically Seinfeldian observations called what the fuck. Um, that, that This is this is where uh, I will bring up that discussion. So there you go. Uh, look for that. Uh, never, because it's not going to happen. But <laughs> please continue. All right. So construction on Spaceship Earth took 26 months. A lot of it was actually done over in Tampa, so not far away at all. And this construction was an early instance of computer-aided drafting and materials processing. So keeping in the theme <sighs> of Epcot... God. 
they were using futuristic technology in the building yeah. of Epcot. <laughs> yeah, and I use it today. Uh, well, there you what go. Does it, what does it suck to use today, too? Um, <laughs> just, just to let you know. Um, it's not the most fun thing to, to do. Anyway, uh, I don't even use it for, for designing giant golf balls. I, I use it for just duct work and it's I know. pain in the ass to you. So I know, you know, anyway, um, uh, why do I keep interrupting this? I don't know. You do this to me like all the time. No, I usually do it like once or twice, but I've already done it like three or four times. Yeah, and, I know. Yeah, this like, history this is... portion is going to be drawn out because you keep interrupting me. All right, fine, fine. I'm sorry. I'll try to keep the commentary to a minimum from here on out. All right. There's been technically three sponsors. Um, it was originally sponsored by the Bell System from 82 to 84. That ended up being broken up into smaller companies, including AT&T. So AT&T became the sponsor in 84 until 2004. Siemens from 2005 to 2017. And currently there is no sponsor Mm. for Spaceship Earth. That's a rarity nowadays. (laughs) For a ride not to have a sponsor at Epcot. (laughs) At this point, I disagree. I feel like it's becoming a common practice. I don't know. what, What other ride is sponsored? Test track. Okay, so yeah, you're right. Shovel, I, I stand corrected, but nobody's sponsoring Guardians of the Galaxy. Um, but uh, Mission Space, I believe, is still sponsored by Siemens. So they're sponsoring. Well, they were sponsoring two attractions. I think so. That seems excessive. I think so. I'll have to look into that, but I think but Mission Space. I, I don't think the. Uh, I, I know the land is sponsored by Nestle, um, mm-hmm. and the seas is not. Sponsored. I don't think the season is sponsored. So, but they all used to be sponsored, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So I think uh, so. So it's becoming uh, to I guess my point being it's becoming it's more becoming commonplace for, for attractions not to be. Okay, sponsored. yeah, I see your point. I see your point. Okay, moving on. Um, there's been three updates to this ride. Um, so the original, the original narrator was Vic Perrin, who was a voice actor. The theme of the ride at this point was communication through the ages. It had the auto animatronics um, presenting, you know, the pretty, it's almost pretty much what we see now, like the history of communication in chronological order presented with auto animatronics. A lot of the same scenes that we have in today's version were in the original, the cavemen, the Egyptians, um, the Roman court, the Jewish and Greeks or the Jewish and um, Islamic scholars, the sleeping monk was in the original. Well, of course, all of that. Um, I do want to, <laughs> I found this kind of hilarious. So the Greek scene is different. Now, when you ride the attraction and you get to the Greeks, the ancient Greeks, it's they're They're learning about math. Um, sure. It's a classroom setting. It was, in the original version of this ride, it was a theater scene. So it was Greek theater and they were presenting, they were presenting Oedipus Rex. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. I saw that and I was like, Oh, okay. That does not seem like a Disney appropriate play, but cool. 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 Thousands of visitors a year (laughs) complex. They didn't even know they had. Um, they used you had the big projection of Earth at the end. This version had um like a space station, like a lighted space station that you went under, um, that had two astronauts working on satellites and a woman that was inside like working the controls. Um Okay. I wanted to bring that that particular scene up. Okay. The okay. the reason why I say this is because I vaguely remember something along those lines from my youth from for one yeah. for another. The end scene of Spaceship Earth, like the last actual thing that you see uh, as a, you know, just the giant uh, view of the Earth, yeah. seems to be an excessive amount of crap around it. Like, it feels like you could fit a whole theater full of people in front mm-hmm. of the attraction. And, yeah. And, and, like, I don't understand why. I'm going to get, hold I'm going to, I'm going to kind of get to that in a little bit. Okay. All right. Um, so... In 1986, there was a minor refurb. The narrator changed. This time it became Walter Cronkite. Um, they added a couple of scenes. Basically, he was my first narrator. Probably. Yeah, because this was, you know, when you were born. So Sure. 
Um, <laughs> and two scenes were added to- toward the end. Um, you had a woman working in a paperless office and a boy at his computer in the bedroom, in his bedroom. Um, they had a theme song for like the end of the ride called Tomorrow's Child. And it I do remember this <laughs> <Tomorrow>. child. <laughs> and it projected images of children on screens to fit with that theme. And then in 1994, a major refurb came um, with this. The narrator changed again. This time it Jeremy Irons. Jeremy Irons. Um, they took out the three scenes at the end for the, that depicted like the 1980s. Um and replaced it with one scene. And this is where I think that part that you're talking about where the projection is, and it looks like you could have added like more. Yeah. Like a lot. Um, Yeah. um, This, and I vaguely remember this, like this version, I vaguely, vaguely remember. Um, But this, they took out those three scenes and replaced it with one scene that was depicting a boy and a girl using the internet to communicate across the world, like um, um, the United States and Asia. I remember that as well. It was like a like a very, very early FaceTime, if I'm yeah, not mistaken. Very, very early. They also took out that projection of Earth and the space station scene and replaced it with the miniature architectural settings that were connected with like the fiber optic cables that changed colors and yeah. had like blinking lights that represented electronic communication pathways and such. I vaguely remember that. I, I remember all of this and I feel like, yeah. I, I, like I miss it too. Like there, there's a lot I mean, of shit. Yeah. The- there's some things that, yeah, that I definitely miss. 2008 was the last time this ride was updated or refurbed or anything. And that's when we got, the wonderful Dame Judy Dench as our narrator. Um, there were some new scenes added. They this is when they changed the uh, the Greek theater scene to the Greek classroom scene. Okay. Um, they added the mainframe computer scene, and they also added the scene that depicts the creation of the personal computer. And this is also when that interactive element where you get to choose like your version of the future was added. And this oh, is Oh god, here we go. This we'll, was, we'll discuss that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um I think they did that because Horizons had closed not long before this, and this was kind of similar to Horizons. And so it's it, kind it of was like a, a it was about five years five or six years before no, it yeah. had to be longer than that. It, it would have been like eight or nine. This is their the horizons well before they they built space uh mission space. Okay. Well, this was like their tribute, I guess, to Horizons. Um there was there uh, there has been announced a new refurb. In 2019 a new refurb was announced because all of Epcot is getting and you have heard us talk and talk and talk about just the amount of construction that Epcot is under. Spaceship Earth is also supposed to get a new refurb. However, that has been put on the back burner thanks to COVID. Um, so we don't know when that's going to happen, but when it does, and I'm pretty sure they'll still do it at some point, but when it does, it's lit, like this whole ride is going to change completely. Um, they're going to completely change the ride. They're going to completely change the um, the building that you exit into um, and all of this. Also, new name. It's still Spaceship Earth. But it's Spaceship Earth, our shared story. Ugh. (laughs) It was fine. It was perfectly fine as Spaceship Earth. Our shared story? Our shared story. And it's now part of the... Because, in case you haven't heard, Epcot is not Future World and World Showcase anymore. No, no. It's World Celebration, World Nature, and World... Showcase and World Discovery, I think. There's um, no world. No, it's World Showcase, World Na- uh, World Nature, and World Discovery. And World Celebrate. No, World Celebration. No. You sure? No. Yeah. Because this is... I, I found, okay. Well, then, they must have gotten rid of World Celebration, and this is part of World Discovery now, I guess. Yeah. Because there wasn't... They didn't break it up into three things. They don't have enough... 
attractions or, or, or pavilions to even break it up into three. Steve interject if, if I'm wrong. How's All right, that? I'm going to jump in here. Uh, there will be four worlds here at Epcot. Uh, world Showcase will stay untouched. Uh, there will be World Celebration right as you enter the front of the park. That's where Spaceship Earth is. Off to the left side of the park there uh, where you've got Test Track and Mission Space. That is World Discovery. Over to the right side of the park, that will be World Nature. That will house the new Moana feature along with the Land and the Seas Pavilion. Interestingly enough, uh, the Journey to Imagination, the Imagination Pavilion, will be in World Celebration and not World Discovery, which is kind of odd because it's located on the left side of the park, which would be World Discovery. It fits with the theming of World Discovery. However, according to Disney, the Imagination Pavilion is in World Celebration, so go figure. Thank you, Steve. All right, so. So there you go. There's your so history. There, there's, there's our history. Our shared history, if you will. <laughs> it's the worst addendum to a name ever. I knew you were going to love that little tidbit of information. No, I hate that tidbit of information. What are you talking about? It, it, it disgusts me. All right, you know what? Let's uh, let's jump into our uh, our shared experience uh, on on Spaceship Earth. Why this attraction has a lightning lane is beyond. <laughs> I don't understand. I never understood why I had a fast pass lane either. It, it's literally a, a ride that only stops to let handicapped people on, or if the ride breaks down. So, th- technically speaking, if there's not anybody in a wheelchair or an ECV or something like that, you it, and it's been well-maintained, it really shouldn't ever have a line more than five minutes. Because it's an Omnimover it, attraction. Yeah, it's ex- I mean, it's set up pretty much identical to People Mover. And, and Haunted Mansion, which is why it yeah. bothers me. But, I mean, uh, like, even the ride the, vehicles are fairly similar to People Mover. Yeah, I guess. But anyway, so, yeah, I, why this attraction has a lightning lane is, is absolutely beyond me. Um, it, it bothers me that it does. And also, like, it just makes the standby queue that much longer, which... At least in the middle of the summertime, you are caught under some shade from the giant golf ball. But okay, can I can I talk about that for just a moment? Okay. Okay. Sure. So the design of this, and I knew at one time, like the whole like scientific thing, because that was part of as a cast member at Epcot, that was part of our orientation to the park. It's been ten years. I have forgotten this information. But I will tell you, I will tell you, first of all, if it's raining, that is the best place in the park to stand because you're not going to get wet Um, because of the way it's designed, the the way the water flows, it won't come under it. um, So you'll stay dry. Also, in the summer, this is like the best place to stand because it is so cool under there. In the winter, it is the worst place to stand because it's so cool under there. Right, and of course we were doing this in a, on a cloudy day, in, uh, in the middle of what uh, like fifty so, degree weather, <laughs> which in Orlando is winter. So and it was cold, and I was wearing shorts. It was a bad decision on my part, um, you know. But we didn't. The, the listed wait time was 10, fifteen minutes. 15. We couldn't have stood in line more than ten uh, for it. No, I, yeah. I don't think it really wasn't that bad. We got on the attraction in kind of a, a strange fashion and i say that because um we had like a whole ride vehicle to ourselves and it wasn't because of covid um it was just like a random two-seater and i'm not sure if that's because this is where like some of the the batteries for the sound systems are are housed or if this was like a connection uh, amongst several trains of some kind, but literally there were only two seats, and yeah. I was kind of surprised at that because yeah, I've never had I've that ridden, happen. Ridden one of those, so Mm-mm. it was nice to have our own vehicle to ourselves. That it that, was. That, that was nice. Um, and so we we get on the attraction, and of course the indoor masking mandates uh, are still in effect uh, here in Orlando. And it, what's the first thing that happens when you get on? 
uh, this attraction? When you sit down. Oh, for God's sake. You go up a hill and then what happens? Oh, yeah. And then you're in, like, oh, you get your picture taken. There it is. There we go. You get your picture taken. Yeah. And that that picture gets saved for, (laughs) you know, the future. A.K.A. the end of the ride. Yeah. uh, Well, uh, anyway. um, We'll get to that part in a moment. Yes, we will. It's just a... I don't know who's do, who's using the computer software, but if that's what they use for facial recognition, thank God. Um, so yes, they we, they take you through all the classic scenes, uh, the hunting of the woolly mammoth, uh, you know, papyrus and cavemen, and you know the sleeping monk and Rome is burning, and uh, I didn't see oh. Jim Rome this time, uh, which you know. So. Thank the Phoenicians. First of all, you learn that the Phoenicians are the reason why we have a common alphabet. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then also, Rome burning is my favorite smell ever. That's your favorite smell. Ever. I well, okay, not my of favorite all ever. All the smells out there, you you okay, decide, not you my favorite ever. But it is one of my favorites. I absolutely love that smell. And I know I, I'm not alone. I know, I know you're know not alone. But I want to ask you. I, I want to ask the question: Why is it someone's favorite smell? I don't know. It just it smells really good. I like those. It types smells. Of you like burning sensations, huh? Mixed with a little Ben Gay, because that's what I kind of feel like it is. And it smells like wood burning, and I like the smell of wood burning. It, it smells like Ben Gay burning to me. I don't know. It just it, it's not a. I mean, we have some Ben Gay. Do you want to light it on fire? And no, see if it I don't. The same. I, I, listen, I've already been lit on fire by Ben Gay, uh, and <laughs> that came came from a uh, from a hamstring and quadriceps pull uh, back in the day. And uh, well, let's just say I uh, applied it too liberally, uh, and <laughs> you can imagine what you will from there. Um, so, it's a classic Disney attraction. There's no doubt about it. And it is something, I I honestly think it's one of those that's a little bit underrated. And I say that because it feels like you go on this attraction every time that, that you go to Epcot, and yet you don't. I think we've only ridden it like two or three times in all the years that we've been going together. Probably. And it's always, it's never because we're like, in, like necessarily going like, oh, let's just skip it. Let's just, no, nah, never mind. Half the time it's because we entered through the international gateway mm-hmm. and we just didn't end up going that and we direction. We stayed in World Showcase. Yeah, I mean, like, that's half the reason. Um, you know, but at the same time, it's not one of those that it's like I said, it's one of those that you feel like you've ridden it every single time that you go to Epcot, but you just, you just don't. You don't. Or something, or something like that. So I, it, it was nice to see a, a classic attraction again. And, um, you know, I there there is certainly some childhood nostalgia uh, out of it. I don't listen. I am always going to side with uh, you know Simon Gruber as my narrator. Out of out of all of them, uh, that's just me. W- what? Nothing. No, no, no. Go go ahead. Really, Die Hard. Yeah, reference. yeah. He is Simon Gruber. Hans Gruber's brother. Ah, uh, yeah, I'm aware. Yeah. Okay. Also, be- best Samuel L. Jackson movie ever. Because, oh, it's great. Anyway, um, <laughs> what? He plays Zeus. Um, it, I'm sorry. You made another, me watch this movie, I know. I, well, I'm, I'm letting the listeners know. Like, don't get upset. Not all the listeners are. Listen, most Disney fans, I don't peg them as people who have watched Die Hard with the Vengeance. Most Disney fans. Now, probably the Disney fans that do listen to this show, yeah, they've seen Die Hard with the Vengeance. But still, I, I don't peg most Disney fans as that. Anyway. So, all right, fair enough. I'm, I'm moving on. Um, you know, I, I do kind of miss some of those older elements. The, the, uh, you know, like the space station, like uh, the the, I guess the first time FaceTime uh, yeah. call. <laughs> you know, the let's, hey, let's dial up some random. Let's have children dial other children in in different countries. 
that sounds like a great idea. Um, you know, as a kid, I thought it was cool. As an adult, that sounds terrifying yep. uh, to, to let children do. But um, at the same time, I like I said, it was, it was a good, it was a nice little break. A nice little classic Disney attraction break. Yeah. You know, so uh, I was glad that, that, that we did this. And I, 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 however, I do have qualms with it. Of course you do. Well, yeah, because I wouldn't be the Disney cynic if I didn't. Of course not. Um, you know, first of all, when you're making papyrus, if you're going to, like, pound the papyrus into paper, it's best that the mallet or whatever the <laughs> hell that you use actually make contact with the papyrus. <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, it's also an audio animatronic. Oh, yeah, you can you can you can make it so that the thing actually goes and touches the papyrus at least. It may not have to like actually pound the shit to down or whatever, but I can at least make it look somewhat like like something is happening. Instead, it just looks like you know like somebody trying to do the robot in a very incomplete fashion. Like it's just it never anyway. Um, you know the there's. There's also the painting of uh, the Sistine Chapel, um, also best demonstrated by actually having the paintbrush make contact <laughs> with the ceiling. Uh, that would just be me. That's my observation uh, with it. Um, you know, I, 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 I believe that the the monk who's actually writing the the text. Not the one that's sleeping. The pen doesn't make contact with the paper. That one I kind of understand because that pen is sharp and it would, in fact, just cut the paper up over and over yeah. again. You know, so I, I can understand the practical reason why that. But still, can you not get it like super close? There's like six inches between the paper and the pen and the the drawing of the arm thing. I'm like, come on, like, like try, just try to get it a little bit closer. That's all I'm saying. You know, uh, so there's. I wish Fair they would point. just make, make, make adjustments to the animatronics to make them look a little bit more like they're completing the actions they're portraying. That's all I'm saying. That's okay. some of those. Um, you know, the other thing that I found a little bit frustrating about this this particular, I, I guess, tour, uh, uh, this shared experience, if you will, um, it was I, I I had trouble hearing dame judy Dutch. yeah and i think and i know for a fact what was happening is because my back was covering the speaker so i had to lean forward if i was going to get the full speaker volume um but by leaning forward i ended up not hearing anything that she was saying in the first place so i kept having to like lean over and it, it kept looking like i was being like all snuggly and romantic with amanda and i'm like oh, what the hell is she saying yeah he was not he was just trying to hear I mean, so Disney ride operators, if you're listening to this, uh, if you saw us on on the attraction, no, I was not, you know, trying to make a move on my wife uh, on the attraction. No, I was just trying to hear Judy Dench. That's all I was trying to do. We were not trying to repeat what people on People Mover did. Yeah, we'll we'll talk about that uh, maybe later. Maybe we'll see because it is, uh, you know, today the release date of this podcast is in fact Valentine's Day, so. Uh, we, we should at least mention that romantic tryst. Uh, <laughs> uh, we'll, we'll bring it up later. Um, you know, and then, like I said, the, the end scene, like, it just, it feels so ridiculous with all of the crap that's in the way that you aren't supposed to see, but you can very clearly see. Like, yeah. the, like, like if you're going to demo that stuff, demo that stuff. Make it into a whole thing. You know what I mean? Uh, that's that's unless it's part of like the structural integrity, and it's going to fall apart um, at that point. Like you, you got to keep it going. The, the you got to tear it down and, and get it out of the way so that everybody can see uh, the the giant spaceship and not be distracted by. Is that space mountains? Because it looks like space mountains. <laughs> hey, fun fact: the um. The astronauts that were a part of the space station scene made their way over to the queue for Space Mountain until about 2009. 
Oh. And then they were, what, kicked out of the astronaut corps? I guess. I guess. Poor them. They were retired. Well, you know, with NASA retiring the shuttle, I see why. Um, so uh, there, there's that. And then let's let's talk about this whole uh, choose your future thing. Okay. <laughs> Look, it's adorable that they want to incorporate the technologies of today, but make them like Jetsons like and, uh, and all that stuff. That's fine. I, I like, I kind of think that, that that's kind of cute and, and what have you. Um, however, again, with your face choosing technology, like I literally had like a gaping hole in my okay. face. I don't think it's the face choosing technology. I think honestly, it's like something because it used to be fine. I, I never have gotten my picture. Like, like I remember, like you know, back in the day, it being fine. Like you got like a good picture. Um, now it just seems like it's dated software and it's got some issues and it hasn't been updated. And so now, when you take your picture, your half your face is missing. And yeah, that's that's what's going to lead into our final bit of discussion here that I want to rant on. But let's, I'm going to put a pin in that for just one final second here. Um, you know, just wrapping up the, the 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 whole spaceship Earth experience. We chose to ride it at a time that was basically like six ish, and so immediately we got off and. Took a couple pictures of, of Spaceship Earth, got out in front uh, by the fountain, and were right there ready to go for the nighttime uh, show. That's light. Beacons of Light. Thank you. Uh, the, that's currently going on uh, over at Epcot. That was the first time I'd seen it live, uh, and I have to admit my allergies flared up a little bit. Uh, you know, it got it got to my eyes. It did, and it caused a uh, you know, just it caused a, a, a little bit of moisture to appear um, because, I, you know what? Yeah. I, all right. I love the Muppets. I think we all know that I love the Muppets. I wouldn't have invited the entire family on this podcast to uh, to discuss anything but the Muppets, I feel like, um, you know, so, so I, that's that's how much I love them. Uh, and yeah, Rainbow Connection was it's it's a it's a stupid song when you actually break down the lyrics of it. Cause I mean, like the first line is, is Kermit asking, why are there so many songs about rainbows and what's on the other side? Well, there's two, there's that one. And the, the one from, uh, that's the, one. the rainbow. Yeah, that's it. So you got, to, I, I think Kermit's severely overestimating the songs about rainbows personally. So that, that gets the song off to a bad start, but still nonetheless, it is very touching for me to, to hear it. And they chose the version of it that was from the 2011 Jason Siegel movie. Uh, and that also makes me kind of tear up because the original version was just Kermit singing it. And this one had like all the Muppets chiming in at the end, had Miss Piggy singing a little bit. And like it got the whole cast of the Muppets involved. And yeah, that gets to me. It does. Uh, so, you know, I, in terms of a nighttime special, yeah, I, I got to give it high praise. Um, in fact, let's go ahead and rate that. Uh, how many rainbows of, would you give this rainbow connection on a scale of one to five? So we're just talking about beacons of light. Just that. Yes. Oh, I'll give it five. Yeah. Same here. Very little discussion is really, is really needed <laughs> uh, between the two of us because specific, like until they change the song. Uh, to something else, like, and that's what that's when I'm going to start protesting. So I've seen. Okay, I want to clarify. The Beacons of Light show started for the 50th anniversary. Sure. Um, they the Rainbow Connection version is only for Festival of the Arts, which is so disappointing. Once, once Festival of the Arts is over, then it goes back to the original. Um, I've seen both. I like both. I would give both a five. But I have to admit, Rainbow Connection, I like it a little better. Yep. And it's mostly because the, she loves it when I actually have a soul. Uh, yeah, and I like seeing it. He does. He does have a soul sometimes. And I like seeing it come out. 
Yeah. The Muppets are weirdly one of the few things that draws it out of me in public. <laughs> um, so, but let's get back to Spaceship Earth as an attraction. Amanda, how many spaceships on a scale of one to five? Three and a half. Wow. That is surprisingly low from you. It is. Go ahead. Okay, first Tell of all, why. shout out to the person on you on the Notcast YouTube who said I needed to be a little more critical. <laughs> <laughs> um, appreciate it. Um, yeah, no, no worries. <laughs> also, okay, I love this ride. I really do. I have most of it. I don't know, who, who am I kidding? I had the whole thing memorized. Um. I quote the line about, you know, thank the Phoenicians on a regular basis, especially as an, as a language arts teacher. Um, you know, I, I, and I will buy a shirt that says that at one point, I promise. Love uh, I thought ride. you did like three times. I don't time. have one. No, I talked okay. about it, but I didn't buy one. Um, Usually when you talk about stuff, it means that you've already purchased it and are just trying to justify it to me. That's why I thought that. Sorry. No, sometimes, no, sometimes it's just I'm talking about it. Fair enough. Fair enough. Um, however, the scene, like the last scene you have in the history, is of the invention of the personal computer. This should have been updated a long time ago. I mean, even, and that gets me because that was added in 2008. Okay. That was the last scene you added in 2008. We were way beyond that at that point. Sure. Um, and and the, the, so was the, the actual storyline of Spaceship Earth at that point. Like, yeah. Like, like it had astronauts and stuff, you know, and yeah. now it doesn't. Yeah. Like, you know, very we, you know, it, it doesn't, it hasn't really kept up with the times in a park that that's what it's, you know, that's all, that's what Epcot is. It's all about that was Walt's ver- vision for it. That's what it's supposed to be is this like park of the future and all this like. Well, now it's a park technology. of discovery and nature. So. But, you know, that it hasn't kept up with that. And, you know, going back to the thing about the, you know, um, the future, the creating your own future thing. Um, with the pictures, like the software needs to be updated or something because it's it's been like that for years where you get it's half glitching. your face. Yeah, it's, it's glitching, glitching and it's been glitching for years, but it hasn't been changed. Um, I mean, even when you go into like the little like when you exit, you don't exit through a gift shop, you exit through a technological playground. But Which, even that's, some a, of, that's a mix up, uh, mixing it up for Disney. So yeah, it is, and I think it's really cool. But even then, I think some of that like, you can tell a lot of it's dated, oh, and yeah. you know, like it for a park that is supposed to be about the future and a attraction that's supposed to. Yes, it talks about the past, but it does so to get you excited for the future for. There not to be very many things from the future, <laughs> sure. or even today. I mean, there's sure. no mention of smartphones. There's no mention of you know tablets or anything that we have. Um, we're way beyond the technology that they mention in this attraction. Oh, a hundred percent, a hundred percent agree. As um, much as I love this ride, and the history buff in me loves this ride. Um. But it's simply because it doesn't keep up with the theming that it's supposed to have. That I have to I, down. That's fair. I, no, I'm going to give it a two. Um, uh, but it's it, it's a two that should be a five. Um, mm-hmm. It's a Disney attraction that, thankfully, mercifully, does not have an intellectual property slapped across it. Although I think Mickey's somewhere hidden in the hieroglyphics. That's fine. I, I don't mind doing doing that as an Easter egg or something like that, but and um, it looks like whenever they get to the newest refurb, that it won't have an IP attached to it. Oh, thank Christ! Uh, I I couldn't take it uh, if they did that. But 
you know, I, I, I mentioned some of the problems that, that I had with the, the animatronics. Mm-hmm. Um, not really doing the things that they're, you know, portraying and very obviously not doing mm-hmm. those things. Um, on top of that, you're right. Everything that you just said about that was 100% correct. Um, this is what leads to the the full discussion that I the the alternate rant that I want to go. Okay. Okay. This goes back to you know Beelzebub paycheck, who as of this recording uh, was still on the board of directors, I suppose, uh, for the Walt Disney Company. Oh, he's much still CEO. Yeah, they're not firing him yet. Yeah. Although more and There's more things. talk. There's things. Um, let's lead the charge, guys, to, to to get him fired. Let's make this podcast be be the flag waver of that. Um, no, but the real reason why I'm, I'm frustrated uh, is because ever since Bob Chapek uh, has become involved with Disney Parks, what is what's the big thing that has slid during that time? I mean. It's you maintenance. have several. Yeah, maintenance it, definitely has. Um, maintenance is something that, um, you know, it's little things. Uh, it's making sure the tracks are oiled on an attraction like this. I should not hear this ride moving. You know what I right. mean? Like, or operating. I, like, right. uh, it should be a very smooth ride that I don't hear any sort of mechanics on because I'm trying to hear Dame Judy Dench. I was supposed to be lost in the the wonders of the animatronics, and instead I'm going. Uh, is this the thing about to fall apart? Like that that's that, that's a legitimate concern to, to a degree. Yeah. Um, you know, talk about needing a fresh cone of paint all across various attractions. Oh, yeah. um, you know, you, you look at something like. Um, Buzz Lightyear Space Ranger Spin is one that I pick on all, all the time. It is an attraction that desperately needs a fresh coat of paint. Desperately. Uh, and, like, it's because nobody's taking a magic eraser to the damn things. All of the Omnimover vehicles and, and all that stuff, yeah, they get wiped down with the because of COVID, allegedly, uh, with the sanitizer and what have you, but they're not being clean cleaned. They're not, all of those parts aren't being, uh, you know, minor parts aren't being replaced. They're waiting for the, the whole thing to break down. And speaking of breaking down, how many freaking times does Rock and Roller Coaster have to basically explode before they they say, "All right, you know, what? we're gonna have, we're just gonna turn it off for a couple months, and we're gonna, we're, we're just gonna fix it well, instead see, of." And this is what gets me so mad. It's I'm gonna add to your rant here about maintenance under JPEG. They are now so concerned with shutting down rides because, oh, what well, you know, you may miss this family that is coming for like a once in a lifetime trip, and this is like the one ride they want to ride. Stop making it a one time, uh, once in a lifetime trip, first of all. Second yeah, of it all, it shouldn't be, <laughs> you know, the, the, that'd, be, that'd be an idea. Second of all, but that doesn't mean you risk actual danger. Exactly. Because you're, you're, you're not actually exactly. replacing but some of these But I legit heard that as like an excuse for a lot of reasons why they don't want to shut down these rides for long periods of time to do actual legit maintenance. Like The thing about maintenance is that it's something that you do, at least with this type of situation, it's something that you do at night. It's something that you do, you know, dur- during the off hours. You have a, a handful of technicians go in, start replacing little parts. And yes, you have to pay guys to, to work overnight, but you, you got to do it. You got to pay them to grease the track. You got to pay them to, to replace the chains and the motors and the belts and the and every other uh, mechanical part uh, that's on these attractions. That way, there's not a sound when when we're moving up the track on Spaceship Earth. That way, when uh, you know every time that I walk into an attraction like Buzz or hell, let's face it, half of Walt Disney World right now, um, 
I'm not going, man, this, this thing looks like it needs an update. The irony of this is, is that half the parks seem to be under construction. Epcot is a, a oh, shell of its former self because it's always under construction. It's just basically being rebuilt. Yeah. And the other half of the park needs to be rebuilt. Yeah. So, like, they just, it's almost like, why, why open? Why open uh, this park at this point? Close it down for a month. I, like, that's where I'm at with this. And go and make sure that everything, all the bells and the whistles are working. Mm-hmm. Like, that's, that's what needs to be done at this point. And had they not taken such a poor maintenance stance leading up to this, they wouldn't be in the position that they're in. And that's the frustrating part. And this is the stuff that's been going on well before the pandemic, well before furloughs and layoffs, well before uh, all this stuff. And guess who was in charge of Walt Disney World at that time? Bob Paycheck. No, Bob Chapek. He was the, the head of Walt Disney World yeah. uh, when all this stuff started to decline. And that goes for uh, for a decline in service as well, uh, you know, or the perceived decline in service. Um, because, you know, like, wh- when, when did we start the blog? We started the blog in yeah. 2016? 2017. 2017. It was a month before or what okay but the like the idea for it happened in 2016 okay. because you know we were at That's port orleans the engagement, yeah the engagement picture mm-hmm. debacle exactly we were at port orleans the, the the resort lost power and she's and amanda's trying to get ready for engagement pictures and she can't see like she can't not like, only that i was in the middle of blow drying my hair and the power of all of the women and married men in this uh, who are listening to this podcast know exactly how important that is, especially in the Florida heat when you have hair that is naturally wavy and it's going to get frizzy anyway. And then you, yeah, this is not a joke when I say that they had to drive her across the across the resort in a golf cart yep. with the with the makeup bag to yep. find a building that didn't uh, lose power. Yep. That was unoccupied, so that she could finish getting ready. Yeah, that was uh, that was a sight, I'm sure, because I was carrying my makeup bag, my it's hair dryer. Funniest, it's the funniest <laughs> image that I have, but it's where all this started. It yeah. is, is is that moment, yeah. and it was a listen. Sometimes things happen, and you can't control, right? Obviously, like that that was one that probably, ironically, wasn't uh, within their control necessarily. Uh, that maintenance wouldn't have helped the situation. But at the same time, that's the first instance of it. And ever since then, it's just been a decline, a decline, a decline. Stop breaks down more often, and it's not being taken off the line for, for refurbs like it needs to be. It's not being taken, the, those refurbs aren't being taken seriously when they actually do take them down for, for a period of time. You I mean, can't. look at Splash Mountain. Splash Mountain's been closed for what three weeks, and they're already filling the uh, filling the waters back up and testing it as if it's ready to go. They're supposed to ho- redo the whole freaking attraction with a yeah, completely they don't, different they, movie. They've put that on hold. Well, of course they have. Because, the refurb, you know, the the what ha- the reason why it was shut down now is just like yeah, general maintenance, general maintenance, and be- and they do it in the wintertime. Because nobody's riding Splash Mountain when it's 50 degrees outside. Right. Totally understand that. Makes a lot of sense. Does not mean that, that you know, two weeks is enough to make sure that everything's oh, working no, properly. I agree. You know, and they're already trying to get get that attraction back up and running. Stupid is what it is. And that's an attraction that literally sends guests over a cliff, by the way. You know, not for nothing. I want that one to be safe. Just saying. There's no, there's no seatbelts uh, on, on that one. Is there even a lap bar? No. Yeah. I don't think so. So what, what, what are we doing here, guys? Like, why are you trying to endanger people's lives by not tightening all the nuts and bolts on, on everything? Money. Exactly right. She's, she's waving the, the Johnny Manziel money sign uh, with her hand over the video since nobody can see that. But, you know, that... This is what money is supposed to, what profitability is supposed to go into. It's supposed to go back in, uh, reinvested back into doing things, 
like maintenance. Like, I get it. Hmm. We just had a Disney earnings call. You want the numbers to look good for the stockholders. Guess what the stockholders don't want to pay for? A wrongful death lawsuit. They really, really don't want to pay for that for something like that. They also don't want the publicity of some some kid dying on an attraction that was needless because they didn't want to tighten all the not books. Only and, that, not only that, but guys, I don't know like if you're not if you don't live in the central Florida area, I don't know what the news is like, you know, theme park wise where you are. But down here, like it's been nothing but Disney guests are going to Universal now. Like, yep. And it doesn't help that Universal Orlando is getting ready to start building their biggest theme park ever. Listen, I and- I've never stepped foot on Universal property. I've driven uh, into it by mistake one time because I made a wrong left turn. <laughs> it's very easy to do. <laughs> yes, but I, but I've never actually like gotten out of the car on Universal property. Um, and yet here I am going like having this existential Disney World crisis and going. Maybe I need to look into to you know Sea World and Universal next year instead of renewing the annual. I rights. actually saw an article that rated Sea World higher than Disney, which is saying something. So you know, that's take saying- it for what you will. That's so that, but that's the state of where things are and. Shareholders are starting to take notice. And uh, if you and haven't been keeping God. up with Disney news here this week, like it's been not, it's been a lot of shareholders are upset. There's been a lot of because they've got a vote coming up in March, the shareholders do, about JPEG. And a lot of shareholders are saying that they're gonna vote no. And, and listen, the earnings came back recently, or I believe they came back the day of this recording, and they came back strong in terms of numbers. But here's the reason why. From a business perspective, it's because they jacked prices up and they didn't increase uh, you know, their spending. That's the only reason. Right. That's they, the only reason. They jacked prices up and they decreased their spending. Correct. So it came out looking like great profitability when... That's not great profitability. It's really not. Actually, what great profitability would be, we didn't raise prices. We just had more guests. And you know what? I I get it. They want crowd control and everything. Uh, And part of that is because of COVID. Part of that is because that's the number one complaint at Disney Parks is how crowded it is. What they've done is made every single one of those situations worse. There There are lower crowds, but higher wait times. And I don't, and I, it's like they don't understand that the reason why we were bitching about the crowds is because we had to stand in line forever. Well, the way that you get around that is is not by, you know, doing this whole uh, paid fast pass program and by doing, uh, uh, you know, a, a limit uh, with park reservations and everything. The way that you do that is what you what they did with Rise of the Resistance, with the virtual queues and everything like that. That's how you uh, lower lines in parks yeah. is by giving people a return time uh, with all of this stuff. And that, by the way, frees them up to go walk around. And what are you going to do when you're walking, walking around? Money. There you go. Because guess what? If I'm walking around and it's getting getting close to my return time, I'm probably not going to risk it by getting in line for another ride. What I am going to do, however, is stop and get a bottle of water or a snack or go into the gift shop. Specifically to to, to the Star Wars area, I'm going to walk over to Baseline Tap House and get me a, a, a couple of beers and a pretzel. Yeah. I'm going to stop inside the uh, the Build Your Lightsaber shop and spend $300 on uh, new lightsabers. Yeah. You know, that that's the kind of stuff that, I, the, that I'm going to do. Well, while I'm there, just if you make the guest experience better that way, you're going to end up uh, having more revenue overall. Yeah. That's, that's where, that's the business plan. That's what should be talked about. But instead, what we're talking about doing is pissing people off left and right by making them pay for uh, more for everything and not getting anything and, look, uh, and getting less out of the situation. And look, Taking away 
those free parks like Fast Pass and such, taking away the perks that annual pass holders had, that does not, you know, yeah, you're making money because now you're charging for it for a lot of the stuff. Um, however, in the long run, you're going to lose money because people are going to get tired of it. And to dr- bring this all the way back around to, to maintenance, by the way, and so that we can wrap this whole thing up in a bow. The reason why people are going over to Universal is because half the park is under construction and half the park needs to be. Yep. And that's because you chose not to do all of the, uh, these simple maintenances, simple maintenances. That's why you have to close down half of the resorts to do a refurb instead of doing a handful of rooms at a time because you're not doing the simple maintenances. If you have a, a, a mattress that's in room 2412, that you know is shitty, you just replace the one mattress in room 2412 instead of shutting down half the freaking resort to uh-huh. replace all the mattresses and repaint all the rooms and blah, 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 blah. It's really not that hard, but they choose to make it harder. And yeah. I don't understand the reason why. So rant over. Mate, Disney, do better. We deserve better as the paying customer. Do better. Yeah. There I agree. Go. Now, today, like I said, release date of this is the day of Amore, if you will. (laughs) It is, uh, in fact, Valentine's Day. This past weekend, we will have had a nice romantic weekend over at the Boardwalk Resort, where we will have dined specifically at Yachtsman Steakhouse. I I don't know about where else we're dining. Nope, I only have made the reservation for for Yachtsman. That was a specific, we were doing that no matter what. I mean, like, outside of really that, I don't know what the hell we're going to do. But but I'm sure that we will pick up a few things to talk about on on future shows. Um, You know, so look forward to some more content uh, based on that stay. I'm sure that we will be doing a discussion of the boardwalk. Because uh, you know, now having, we can actually review a resort. Yeah, I mean, we can speak to it a little bit more. <laughs> I know that we did one uh, last year with Steve, uh, you know, our producer and boss, which is weird. Um, you know, I don't, I, it's weird that he's he my, stayed in the, but he's did he stay in the DVC part? Correct. And, and we're not. I, we we technically are not. No, uh, so. we were, we're supposed to, but you know, it's we'll because see. I it's because I have a certain way of talking that that we're not. Um, we'll, we'll see how the inside of wait that made no, the boardwalk in side of there of you the, go <laughs> yeah uh, of the resort uh, feels in there the one off to the left the one that's closer to the park. not the villas right not the villas um, we'll we'll see how that goes um, Amanda since you are the love of my life. Happy Valentine's Day. Happy Valentine's Day, baby. And to all of you couples out there that are listening together and hopefully laughing along with us and nodding your head in agreement uh, with how shitty you know they've been maintaining the parks, we wish you all a happy Valentine's Day. Uh, all you single people out there, there, there's there's time and there's plenty of people Actually, out there. There's, there's fish in the sea. And seat. tomorrow, the 15th, is single, single Awareness Day. So I thought that was the 13th. No, is that, the 13th is Valentine's Day. Oh, I'm sorry. Sorry. I thought that's that's when all the single women went out. Uh, okay, nope. fair enough. But Amanda, where can we be found on social media? All right, so we, being the Cynics on Disney podcast, can be found on Instagram and TikTok and Pinterest at Cynics on Disney. We can also be found on Twitter and Facebook at Cynical Disney. Thank you so much. And, of course, this show is brought to you by NotClub33.com, which also produces the NotCast, which is released every Friday at 4 p.m. Magic Kingdom time. That is East Coast time for all of you California people. Um, So please make sure that you're checking us out on YouTube every Friday at 4. We do do the whole rope drop thing. Uh, We do want to give a uh, a shout-out, as Amanda already did, uh, to let's see, let's see here. Uh, let's make sure that we get the the, the name. Per, yeah, the, the new Swansea Searcher. 
thank you so much for listening. Thanks for you so much for chatting with us in the, uh, or with me, and I guess in particular uh, in the live chat for the Notcast. That was fun. And I hope I was a little harsher for you this week. Yeah, I mean seriously, we we take constructive criticism, so we we uh, we love it. Um, on top of that, guys, make sure that when you are finished listening to this podcast, that you go and rate it and review it. And if you aren't subscribed already, please subscribe to this here show because that helps out with the algorithm to help uh, spread the word, if you will. You hate Bob Chapek and you want him gone. This is the podcast that's going to bring him down, I swear. So make sure that you, you help uh, share and spread this podcast for doing that. So until next week, happy Valentine's Day. And in that same token, have yourself a magical Magical fucking day.